host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Today I have with me author and editor Holly West. Holly writes, um, boy, she writes a lot of noir crime fiction. Um, she writes for a lot of different anthologies. She writes, and, and she's funny as anything. Um, <laughs> she has her Bachelor of Arts in screenwriting, and after a few unproduced scripts, she decided, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and write crime fiction. And that's pretty cool because she's the author of the Mistresses of Fortune series set in the 17th century London, which is not in my wheelhouse to read anything that's historical, except Holly's really great. I think she was even a guest on Noir on the Radio for um, Dames in the Dark. It's a throwdown for flash fiction. But without further ado, I want to introduce Holly West. Hi, Holly. Welcome to Authors on the Air. Hi, Pam. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. Um, you know, I I love that the crime fiction community, does, especially the noir crime fiction community, does a lot of um, anthologies for a cause. I really appreciate that an awful lot. And um, um, I think, you know, the kind of the group of people that you and I know that, you know, are always around. Um, yeah. Produced some really great stuff, like Dan and Kate doing Killing Malman and um, Protectors 2 and... Um, I think also you did uh, one of the Unloaded books, and you did um, Florida yeah. Happens, which was introduced at um, Boucher. And now you've um, edited and contributed to Murder a Go-Go's, an anthology that benefits Planned Parenthood. Um, what gave you the idea to do this? <laughs> well, there have been several music themed anthologies and so basically I just got you know I didn't come up with the idea other people did but I did want to do an anthology that was female driven and I couldn't think of a better band uh, than than the Go-Go's as I like to say that it's not the they aren't the obvious choice but they're the perfect choice so um, yeah, it's true. yeah I, I, for those of, for those of you listening who are too young to know, the Go Go's were really popular in the '80s, and also, and and um, no, I'm they, sure they're pretty iconic. I think they are too. I think they are too, and um, and they they were just very unique for their time, very unique. So, um, and I'm thinking back when you were talking about music-based anthologies, and I think Joe Clifford does a couple of those, and have mm-hmm. as have some other, you know, in that kind of new crime writer group. Um, how did you come to decide to be the editor for this? Because I know you're a great writer, but why did you decide to take on editing too? Because that's a big job, considering. You've got Lori Raider Day, Hillary Davidson, Susanna Calkins, Tommy Plutt, Lisa Brackman, Nadine Nettleman, Diane Valeri, Eric Beatner, and and Jane um, Wideland, who are all contributing to this. These are not unknown people. So you took it upon yourself to be the editor. Were you nervous about that? Oh no, I didn't. Well, I never even thought about being nervous about that. 
Um, <laughs> but, but, okay. I'm nervous about every other thing, but I, I wasn't nervous <laughs> about that at all. I um, <laughs> I was hopeful. But what happened was I'd come up with the idea probably six months before I actually pitched it to anybody. And I was at a conference. Uh, in uh, Los Angeles, and uh-huh. a group of us authors were uh, at the bar, as we always are, and um, I said, you know what I want to do? I want to do a crime fiction anthology based on the Go-Go's, and prior to that, you know, I had the idea, but I'm, I'm a very lazy person, and so I never thought that it would ever get off the, the, um, off the ground. I didn't even know how to make it get off the ground. And while we were there, everybody was like, yeah, that's a great idea. I would do that. I would do that. And so actually quite a few of the authors who ended up contributing to the book were sat at that table at the time. And Craig Faustus Buck, his brother-in-law is in a band called the Gay Gays and knows Jane Weidland. Weidland? I always say Jane mm-hmm. Weidland, but maybe it's Jane Weidland. I it actually probably know that by now. I, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm I should have looked that up before I went on the air. <laughs> anyway, um, he had a an in with her through his brother-in-law, and so he emailed her, and uh, or he they he got in contact with her, and she agreed to do it. She said, you know, it sounded like a really cool project, and then from there, I just asked people who I knew. Um, and I wanted it to be mostly female authors. Um, in the end, I think we got about 65% female and uh, the rest male. I didn't want it to be all female because I, I wanted right. that mix. Um, right. And, yeah, that's that's kind of how it – oh, and then, okay, so at that conference, Eric Campbell of Down and Out Books was there. And he uh, – the night – after the whole thing was over, I, I pitched it to him and he was like, he was super enthusiastic about it. And from there I was like, Oh my God, this might really happen. And then it did. It did. It did. Yeah. So, so I want to go back to the editing portion of it. Did you, because you had such great writers on board, did you have to do much editing? And if you did, how were your contributors when you spoke to them? First of all, I didn't have to do much editing. Um, there were maybe a handful of stories that I made some suggestions, um, but most of these stories came to me pretty well-formed, and any input that I had from an editorial standpoint was was pretty minimal, I'd say. Um, and anybody, I, I would say, as far as any pushback I got, it only had to do with at one point because I had gone over my my word count. I asked 25 authors when everything was said and done, and it looked like my word count was going to be way too high. And so I went back to all of the authors and I said, "Please, please, please, cut your story as much as you know. Just cut out all those unnecessary words." And I wouldn't say that I got pushback, um, but I don't necessarily think that people liked having to do that. And that was definitely something that was my fault because I hadn't kept a um, I can't haven't really kept control of my table of contents very well, and and okay. some people dropped out, and then I asked 
new people to come in. And so in the end, it kind of got out of my control. Um, but that was the only thing. I wouldn't say that there was any negativity at all. Those, those others are pros. They, they get the job done. How great was that? Um, do you have, I, I hate to put you on the spot. It's like asking your favorite child or your favorite pet. But do you have a favorite hmm. story? And if you do, you don't have to tell me. I just am curious if you do. Do I have a favorite story? That's a really hard. I have, I have a few favorite stories, but one mm-hmm. that I hope that everybody reads is Greg Heron's story for this town. It's a quirky tale, but he perfectly captures. And quirky might not even be the right word because it's pretty dark. Um, mm-hmm. He perfectly captures the voice of a sorority girl. Um, and, and she's at Mardi Gras, and it's pretty brilliant. Um, it, it, I don't really want to say that's my favorite story, but I, I just love that story. But there's so many others that I love. Um, so I'm not going to list, you know, for fear of, of alienating anybody. I will only say Greg Heron's story, but you guys, I love all the stories. Well, and also since Greg is right there in the heart of, you know, Louisiana. He know he knows of what he yeah. writes, and he also did the um, Florida book for BoucherCon, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So of which and you that's were how I a met. Part. I had met him. I had never met him in person, but I was accepted for the Florida Happens anthology, and that's kind of how he and I kind of started talking back and forth. And he said. Um, and this was again another way that you know my I, I got I lost control of my page count. And so he was like, "Oh man, I wish I would have known about that uh, anthology because I would have loved to contribute." And I, like I said, I had some people drop out, and and there were some people that I wasn't sure if they were going to get a story to me. So I said, "Well, great. Why didn't you write me a story?" <laughs> and that happened a few times, and so that's why I ended up having going over the word count because there was some, you know, there was like some. I wasn't sure if if some stories were going to come in, and I wanted to cover my bases. Let's go back to your crime writing, and and uh, you, I know that you started off wanting to be a screenwriter, and um, and that didn't happen. So, uh, but you wanted to write. You always knew you wanted to write. And so, yeah. um, and I, I think that, you know, for everything I've heard, there are a lot of people who come from screenwriting into crime fiction and some trying to go from crime, writing crime fiction into screenwriting. But the, everybody I've spoken to has come from screenwriting, said it was a great experience because you learn how to keep your a dialogue to a minimum. You know, you're not you're not mm-hmm. describing the sunset at every single turn because um, you just can't do it when you screenwrite. Do you think that that made a difference in the way you write crime fiction? I think it might have. Well, you have to understand that I only studied screenwriting. I never really pursued it in any serious way. So, uh-huh. and and then I just got a regular job and worked for that for ten years then had some freedom for the next 10 years um, after I got married and stuff. And so I didn't actually come to writing seriously until I was 40. And as far as the screenwriting is concerned, I think 
I, I am good with dialogue in a lot of cases, and I think that might be just the nature of the way my, my brain thinks. I think in conversations. See, I always uh-huh. have to go back and add detail. Um, I might have in my mind, I might have a good idea of where the characters are at, but I have to go back um, and, and fill in all the details. But the dialogue usually comes to me like boom, 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 boom. So a lot of my rough drafts, you're going to see it, it's really heavy on dialogue, and I have to go back in and, and create uh, the atmosphere for the scene beyond that. Yeah. And I don't know if that comes from being trained as a screenwriter, but, you know, like I said, that was so long ago. You know, we're talking 30 years since I was in college. So I would doubt that that has much influence on what I do now. Um, I will say this, where it's more, I, I'm very, I'm a, a plotter and I'm kind of obsessive about it. And I think that and one of the things that I follow is kind of the, the typical screenwriting, the beats and everything like that. That's how I plot. And that might come, I, I might be attracted to the form um, because it does influence how I write now. Yeah. Um, I, I also note that you, you say that you are the television contributor to do some damage, which is a podcast hosted by Steve Weddle. Um, what does that mean? You're the television contributor. It means that I watch television and then I talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and a lot of times it's just very like, oh, this is what I watched this week, and it was really good. <laughs> you know, I'm I love doing it. I love doing that podcast, but a lot of it is just me and Steve kind of riffing back and forth. Um, but yeah, I do talk about the television I like because I do. And what I do you like? What do you I like for television? What do you like on well, television? Since I don't have a television, I, I'm always interested in what people watch. Uh, you know what? You're you're probably a lot healthier than I am. Um, I would say that to people who <laughs> not say, I'm not on social media, and I said, you know what? You're probably a lot. You're better off being off social media. Um, and I'll say that to you. You're better off not having a television. Um, but we watch a lot of, uh, for a while I was really into true crime documentaries. Netflix has a uh, lot of those. Um, uh, true crime right now is really very, very popular. Um, right now, I just started watching last night a show called Dead to Me, um, which I won't, I'm going to save that for the Do Some Damage podcast, but I do recommend it mm-hmm. for those people who have Netflix. Um and then we watch, I mean, my husband and I watch Jeopardy every night. That's kind of like Well, that's the time to be watching that, and... right? With that guy that's uh, making yeah. the, the professional gambler who's making all kinds of crazy records and everything. It's really, I've never seen anything like it. And I, when he first got on, I, I don't want to be like all geeky about Jeopardy, but um, when he first got on, he had this real smarmy look to him. And I remember telling my husband, like, ew, gross, I don't like him. And then he won. And I was disappointed. Because he didn't win by, I mean, he, he did well, but at, he hadn't started his huge streak. And then right. now I'm kind of obsessed with him. Like, I'm, like, nervous <laughs> if it gets too close. <laughs> I'll be really uh, sad when he finally loses. Uh-oh, that's not good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I'll get over it. 
<laughs> I won't but have to go to therapy for it. But from everything I've been reading, though, he's um, a pretty amazing player. And um, yeah. Yeah, so there's is. not, you know, he's not really losing that much, actually, is he? No, but I think what's interesting about him is that he's he's kind of the total package. He's using, first of all, he's very knowledgeable. And second of all, he is using a strategy that is fairly obvious. Once you see him play a couple of times, you know exactly what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. And you combine the two things, the knowledge, the vast knowledge that he's got and the, the strategy that he's using and the amount of money he bets. He's betting, you know, $10,000 a shot if he gets a, a daily double. And so right. it just, he, it's like he's not afraid to lose that money. And the thing is, he really does because he gets everything right. So he's like the total package. It's like he broke Jeopardy. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, you know, I read some of these um, social media sites that are saying, like Ken Jennings is saying, yeah, but I started it. Oh, you know, he's really upset about it. <laughs> I don't know if he's and upset. I, he, he just gets that, you know, this is an ex- example. I don't know. How would I feel if I was like a Jeopardy, like if I was a Ken Jennings and suddenly this, this young upstart comes and take, might break my record? I, I don't know if I'd be a little bitchy about that. Maybe. <laughs> I am bitchy about I'm very petty. So you know what? <laughs> I probably would be kind of bitchy about it. <laughs> You're so funny. So let me ask you another question about television. Do you watch the Bosch series on Amazon Prime? We watched the first season, and I liked it enough, but we never. It, you know, it feels weird to talk about television because it's very. We only watch like maybe two hours after dinner every night. And so Uh because our time is limited, and I realize for a lot of people that would be a lot of television, but it is a limited amount of time. And so if we don't really love something, we're not likely to to go back to it. And I keep saying we. My husband, even though he's not talking about television on podcasts, he – if he doesn't like whatever it is I'm watching, then I'm not going to watch it again. So like with Bosch, you know, we weren't totally into it. And if I was watching television on my own, you know, like, you know, on the weekends or whatever, maybe I would have watched the second season, but uh, because we watch together and it's usually only at night, uh, we never got back to it. And so that's kind of an issue with some of the the shows that I talk about like well my husband I gotta wait for my husband to watch it and I know it sounds it's it's we aren't attached at the hips but (laughs) that is one of our rituals well you know if you do stuff together and that's fun for you then that's what you do you know I mean I I certainly understand that I mean that that makes sense to me um so how long are you have you been doing do some damage podcast and where can we listen to it oh that's been about a year less than a year but okay. Do Some Damage has had, I think, a, they've had a podcast at least two other times, I think, and so they've had other people on it. Just like the blog, that blog has been around for, gosh, forever, years, probably more than yeah. that. Yeah. And um, you know, just like they have a whole bunch of different bloggers that kind of rotate in and out, and the, the podcast has had different people. And I don't, I mean, I don't think Steve actually wanted 
necessarily someone to talk about television because you've got Jed Ayers talking about movies and um, Chris Holm talking about music. And if you listen to those guys, they like know everything. I mean, I'm just, I feel like such a, a flunky when I listen to the podcast because I'm like, dang, they really know all the details and all the, you know, they would like get analytical with it. Um, I'm not so much like that, but um, I don't know if Steve wanted a wanted me on the podcast, but he he kind of I think I must might have emailed him and just said, oh, what's the podcast about? And he told me and he said, do you want to be on it? And I said, okay. He said, what do you want to do? And I said. I don't know, television. <laughs> I'm not even really sure that he wanted me, but <laughs> now he's got me. He so, you were so motivated. He can't get rid of me. <laughs> I know. I know. It's I so funny. I've got to get over that. I have to be more like, go get him. I, this is one of my flaws in life and in, certainly in my career. I'm so like, oh, okay, well, I'll, okay, I'll do it. But I feel really nervous. And I'm like, <laughs> I really need to get past that, but I'm working on it. You're so funny. <laughs> so funny. Well, where can we hear the podcast, <laughs> by the way? Oh, uh, it's, well, it's, it's wherever you can get your podcast. So like iTunes, um, you, there's a link to it on seesomedamage.com. Um, Very good. I'm not sure where else. Now, are you going to where can you get your podcast? Okay, well, that's good because that's the way we do it too. We're in about seventy places, you know, yeah. so I understand that. Um, um, are you going to write a book, another book, your own? Yes, I am. I am writing a book right now. It's a novella, and it is part of a series for Down and Out called The Grifters Song. And yes. Yes. it's it's. Do you know what that is? Okay, so right now yes. I'm writing a, a novella for se- uh, season two. And it's about a couple of con artists that are a couple named Rachel and Sam. And my episode has to do with cryptocurrency. They kind of hook up with this uh, tech guru and they come up with a scheme to get a guy to invest in cryptocurrency. And so I'm near, I'm almost done with that. It's my deadline is June 1st. So it'll be done fairly quickly. And after that, I will be seriously writing a book. It's it's my time now. Like I did the go go thing last year, and I had I keep saying I'll, I'll I keep agreeing to write short stories for people's anthology. But as of June first, my my you know slate will be clean, and I'm gonna start on a, a Holly project. Um, not 100% sure what it is yet. It might be finishing up something that I already started, or it might be something totally new. But I feel really energized in a way that I haven't for probably the last year at least. I, I was going through a kind of a bad time with uh-huh. uh, with where I wanted to go with writing, and it was kind of a, it was a dark period. But now um, it's that seems to have the fog has lifted, and I'm ready to get back to it. Oh, good. Well, um, before I let you go, would you please tell everyone where they can find you on the web and in social media? Yeah, well, I'm pretty much everywhere as Holly West. So hollywest.com, Facebook, I think, is Holly is writer Holly West. But, you know, I'm, I'm on there as just Holly West, too. And a Twitter, Holly West. 
Pinterest, Holly West, Instagram, Holly West. So really it's just Holly West, but I do have to say that there's a porn star named Holly West and <laughs> you will know if you have mistakenly found <laughs> <laughs> her. <laughs> <laughs> and not and not me. <laughs> it will be clear oh, to you funny. fairly quickly. Um, but I am, I am the real Holly West. Anyway. Oh God, priceless. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny. I always you say know. you need to keep your your uh, your safe search on if you do a search for my name. <laughs> Because you might you might happen on the if an image search you might happen on uh, the other Holly West. But like I said, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know. Me. <laughs> All right. The title of the book is Murder of Go Go's. It's available online everywhere, and um, you can please check it out. Remember that this is an anthology for a cause, and um, the the proceeds benefit Planned Parenthood. And thank you so much, Holly. Really, I appreciate it. And it's been a really fun show talking to you. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Will you come back and maybe guest host sometime? Yeah, I will. I'm going to push your boundaries a little bit more. I'm going to push your boundaries, definitely. There you go. Yeah, it might end up just being blathering, but, yeah, I'll do it. You just pick a pick a guest you want to speak to, and we'll we'll go ahead and figure it out, okay? All right. This all is right. this is Holly West. The book is Murder of Go Go's. Please go and buy the book. It is, and some twenty five authors have contributed this. It's a ton of fun. And Holly, thanks for being with me tonight. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh well, I appreciate that you invited me. I really do. My pleasure. I'll talk to you again soon, okay? Will I see you at Thriller Fest? Okay. Will I see you at Thriller uh, Fest? No, Con. You'll see me at Okay, Con, I'm not going to. I'm not going to Boucher this year. It's on my birthday weekend, but um, but you and I'll bump into each other, I'm sure. Yo, for sure, for sure. All right, thanks, Holly, and thanks for listening, okay. my friends. I appreciate it, and thank you, Mom and Dad. See you later. Mm-hmm.